Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to another episode of Codex After Dark. My name is Tim, and sitting over here is not Jamie. That is Sal. Down below is Tone Falcone. He's in the passenger seat today. And down this way is Dan. And these three fine gentlemen are from Comic Character of the Day, a Facebook group that we all frequent and have great time with. Guys, how you doing tonight? Doing good. Great. Hey, doing good. Great. Thanks for having us. Oh, yes. dude, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm looking forward to this. When Jamie is away, we will play. <laughs> <laughs> Miss yeah. you, Jamie. Can't wait for you to get back. <laughs> absolutely. Guys, you'll notice Jamie's not here. He's doing birthday stuff this weekend. Much deserved time off. And uh, Jamie, if you're watching, which I'm pretty sure you are, uh, don't text during all of this because my phone's turned off, so I won't see it. <laughs> <laughs> but we're going to text each other. That is true. That is absolutely without, true. Without him. <laughs> right. Before we get started, guys, don't forget you can find us on all the socials, Facebook, Instagram, right here on Twitch, over on Twitter, YouTube, TikTok, and even on our Discord. All you got to do is type in the Codex Station, and there, we're, there we are. And also, you'll find all of us in Comic Character of the Day on Facebook. If you're not a part of that group, you need to be. So let's go ahead and get right into it, fellas. Let's do some polls. Sal, why don't you go ahead and take that away? All right. So uh, as I was talking to earlier, um, I usually don't get to my LCS, you know, all that often. It's usually between four and six weeks. But after last week's major poll and then being back on here, I had to go again today. My guy at the LCS was actually going, you're back already? What are you doing here? And I'm like, I'm here to pick my stuff. So I have a very small pool. Okay. It was it John that oh, was cool. there today? What's that? Was it John there today? Yeah, it was John. Yeah. We so, go to the same shop. It turns out nice. after we it turns out, you know, after talking with each other on the group that we live like, you know, Within probably 15 about minutes. 15 minutes away from each other and go to the same comic shop. That's yeah. amazing. It probably have been for years and just oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Talk about that. Wow. Passing each so, other by 10 minutes. Like when they so. say it's a small world, that's the definition of it. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> Seriously. Seriously. All right. All right so so what not, you got? I've not read any of them yet, but I did pick up Venom number seven. Ooh, look at that okay. cover. Who's the red character? Is that Venom Pool? Uh, I have no idea. That's not Venom Pool. I, I, like I said, I'm, I'm not caught up on Venom, Venom Pool. No, no. Well, it's a bad guy to be named later. Right on. Uh, Green Lantern. Oh, look at that, John Stewart cover. That looks great. Looks like he's in a new, a new type of uh, uniform yeah. too. Yeah, he's yeah, got yeah, really, that change, but he's got a new. Yeah, they give him a new identity, right? Yes, that's correct. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right on. Okay. He's now called General uh, John Stewart, the Emerald Knight. So Jamie will love that. Interesting. Okay. So these are two that I picked up off the racks because I saw them and said, eh, let me get these. So I got the, the Chameleon Conspiracy. Look at that. Okay. This looks to be... I am, a- I'm starting to read that run. Well, like the, the current volume of Spider-Man and I noticed Boomerang down in the bottom. Uh, yeah, I, th- I think I'm on issue five right now. Uh, yeah. Absolutely wonderful. Yes, definitely. Yeah. And I picked up a Spider-Man and Man-Thing. Curse it. Ooh, look at that. Okay. And the lizard. Very awesome. So 
I know you guys were talking about Man Thing. I think it was Jamie that was loving Man Thing. Yeah, uh, last week. So, um, decided to do that. There's a dirty joke in there somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is not dark anyhow. So please feel free. Uh, that is right. very true. <laughs> so then I realized that my uh, symbiont of Spider-Man, King in Black, was lacking a couple of issues. I saw Ooh, these on the shelf and picked that up. Captain Marvel too. You know, Amazing here. That was a crazy series. I'm yeah. starting to get it was like that was an off the wall mini series. Mm-hmm. Sal, I'm starting to get the idea that she likes Spider Man. Just a little bit. <laughs> Just a little. Is it apparent in the background as well? <laughs> <laughs> so then I picked up the other other issue. Look at that. What is that guy's name? Ulock or something like Ulick. Right. I was yeah. close. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And this was. Uh, X Men, X Men, uh, uh, secret, uh, whatever. Secret House of X. Yeah. Hmm. Did yeah, anybody that, pick I, up X Men '92? I almost did, but I did. Wasn't that X Men? That's the one that all the characters that didn't get voted onto the main team, they just made a separate <laughs> team, right? Yeah, yeah. That's what it is. Yeah. I don't know if I got that yet. Has that come out? When did that uh. come out? I stayed away from the whole X-Men 92 theme. Uh, I think 92 came out this past yeah, week. Yeah, it was this week. It's not yeah. number 92. It's like the House X-Men of 92. X-Men okay. 92. Yeah, House of 92. That's right. Okay. Okay. A lot so, of people said it was really good, though. Yeah. I've heard about that, but I've not picked it up. Okay. I do I do like um, Murrow here. Nice. She's always a yeah. badass character where she's just, she's just breaking the bones out of her body. <laughs> <laughs> I need a weapon. Yeah, and then my last one is um, X Men number ten. Oh, look at that! Very nice, very nice. Okay, well, let me go ahead and let me show you my uh, mail call this week. It's not much; it's only six issues, two, three, four, five, five. But uh, I was uh, on the hunt for like Robin uh, the you have robin robin two robin three and then robin volume two i'm working on trying to get everything from volume one to the end of volume two and i've got a fair portion of some of it but not a lot of it so i was able to get robin three issues two through uh five because i have issue one and issue six already so here we go with robin three number two this is the uh direct edition cover not the special edition So this Mm -hmm. is like what the poster would be if you got it in the direct. And then here's Robin three, number three, cry of the huntress. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I remember when this series came out back in the day and it had the lenticular covers. Yeah. Wasn't it Robin two that had the little holograms on the cover? With yep. the Joker, yes. yep. yeah, yeah, there Joker's were like two or three. Robin two, the Joker is wild. Yeah, yeah there were yeah. like two or three different covers for each issue, and they all had the little hologram. Yep, and uh, you even got the hologram cards too. Yeah, 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 with yeah, the yeah. direct ones. Yeah, so I got two more for you. Here's Robin three number four, and who's doing the artwork for this? Uh, Tom Lyle. Was yeah. that one still in the bag? Was that one still in the bag? This one's the uh, the direct. Oh, yeah, gotcha. this isn't. Yeah, I didn't get any of them with the bag, but I did get a poster with okay. the collection that I got nice. in number issue number five. And that is, again, without the poster, but that's the lenticular. And this is the poster I got. So it's the cover for uh, Robin number three. Oh, nice. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. So I got the number four with the bag. Do you? Mm-hmm. 
Nice. So yeah, do you, little... the, do you have the Red Robin series too? No, uh, I want to get the uh, Tim Drake stuff done first before I move on to any other Robin stories. Well, no, Tim Drake was the. Uh, well, yeah, Drake. yeah, I, I know, but I want to do oh, like okay. volume one and then two. Oh, gotcha. and you then want to walk through them progressively as a character, yeah. exactly. Right. You see exactly. where he grows yeah. too before yeah, that's he a great gets approach. to Red Robin. Oh yeah, absolutely. That that I'm doing that with X Men, but uh, with Uncanny, but I'm working backwards. So from five forty four all the way to until I have to sell one of my kids to get an issue. <laughs> Uh, we're, we're fast approaching and I'm deciding on whether to sell my son or my daughter first. I am unsure, uh, but, <laughs> <laughs> but no, I, I have an unbroken run from 384, uh, to 544 with the exception of two issues in that whole section. And that's 375 mm. and, uh, one other one I can't remember right offhand, but yeah, it, once I get those, then I'll have an unbroken run from 284 to 544. Oh, nice. Yep. That's no cool. variance though. You, All right. You got to draw a line somewhere. Life goals. Life goals. <laughs> Tone, what do you got for us today? Um, well, I picked up uh, uh, also the Green Lantern and the X-Men number 10, which nice. I thought... Uh, um, I really haven't been uh, in a lot of DC this week. Uh, I should say in, in the past two years, I would say. Mm-hmm. And so it was a little bit heavier DC this week, which is not normal for me as, as I'm trying to share. Uh, so outside of X-Men and Green Lantern, I picked up the Sandman, Nightmare Country. Look at that. Who's nice writing cover. that? Is that Gaiman writing it? or? Yes, this is written by Tinian. Right? <laughs> Tinian's writing it interesting this, this first it this first issue uh it really creeped me the living hell out uh, really <laughs> oh yeah um and so i, I know the the sandman has a huge community uh mm-hmm. that follows um i was not able i was not collecting sandman when the series was running i was actually in europe at that time as a soldier and so i didn't have a lot of access to comics and i kept hearing it was something to read but I could never really get consistent comics. I, I got several when they would pop up just sporadically, mm-hmm. but not enough that I ever became a fan of the character. See, and, I had a buddy of mine when I was younger that was real into Sandman, would get the issues as they'd come out and stuff like that. I never read it though. He was all about it and I just never gave it the time of day. And so- Hey, Tom, have I you am, read that one yet? Yes. Is it, yes. So, it's, so it's worth it? Oh Maybe yes, it absolutely. Check it out. And where I was going to go was if this has the tenor of the series that I haven't read, the Sandman's that I haven't read, that's going to, it's going to jump up and up to number one on my back issue pull list, uh, go back and find, even if, I have to pick, even if I have to pick up the graphics and the anthologies. Uh, that's this, amazing. This was you my- You got to make sure to get them before the TV show comes on too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, They'll skyrocket. And uh, then I also picked up uh, the current issue, issue number five of the Black Panther. It's a bit of nice. a variant cover here. That's uh, uh, Miles Morales. Miles. Yes. <laughs> Look at that. And uh, I like that cover. Yeah, I like yeah. it better than the cover. The cover A. And so uh, I snagged it. Really, uh, if uh, anyone's a fan out there of Black Panther, I really recommend picking it up. Um, under Tahanisi Coates, Black Panther was a really dense read. 
Um, mm-hmm. He did so much to expand the mythology of Wakanda and T'Challa, but it was really like reading a novel in comic form. And the current writer really has leaned that down a lot. And it's more comic traditional. The story really flows. Okay. It's really smooth. It's really accessible to someone who doesn't want to, you know, uh, who doesn't want to read a novel. <laughs> they kind of want to get in and get out of the book. It's like um, we were talking about before tone where some people like the meat heavy comic stories and then other people just want the, yeah. the lights and yeah, the spectacle. Sure. Yeah, yeah, exactly. To me, you know, uh, maybe this analogy is horrible, but there's a difference between classic Star Wars and classic Star Trek, right? That's very true. Yeah. And uh, and I always felt like Star Wars was always about the big light show, the big the kind of action, the humor, the things going on. And Star Trek was always about the philosophical questions of right and wrong. We and, can talk about Star Trek now instead of anything else today, gentlemen. That's what we're going to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I, I feel like that's the uh, that very much is the kind of the same thing here. Do you prefer your comics meaty? And uh, I love it. I love it. Oh, that's my beating heart right there. Okay. Uh, that is um, the original Enterprise refit, not A, B, C, or D, yeah. but yeah, that's from uh, uh, Star Trek. Star Trek. That Star Trek three, the search yep. for Spock. That's the yep. opening scene when they're coming back. Right. Real quick tone. I have a poster of the enterprise right in front of me like that's what i look at every day when i work is enterprise so okay sorry anyways go ahead <laughs> no, no, you're great um and so if you're a person who just understanding that transitions happen in black panther from a writing perspective it's yep. not a very heavy written book and i think the and, and it moves along at a much brisker pace now nice um and so um i think that's going to help it um, I picked up Batman, uh, Shadow War, no, issue number two. Um, Ooh, okay. And, um, I, yeah, I, got that one. I know uh, everyone's waiting for uh, Chip Zdarsky to pick up Batman in a few months and start running with it. I want to oh, see yeah. his mind. But I'm really also just loving the the past year and a half to two years of Batman. And I didn't think this, sh- this Shadow War was going to amount to much. Let me see if I can get this in here a little bit so people can see the cover. That looks um, awesome. Um, <laughs> I, but I utterly love this book. And um, and I got to tell you, uh, in the book, there's some interaction between Bruce and Talia. And as a, as a, as a, as a partner for Bruce, I've always loved Talia more than Selena. Um, <laughs> and um, I always love the tension between the, you're my husband, I don't care what you say. And, uh, <laughs> and, uh, and even the demon's head saying, hey, I could whack him out, but he's the only guy that I really see has the potential to take over my empire. And um, and so some of that starts to factor in in this book. Um, Damien's just it. like mom and dad need to get together. Come on, yeah. let's let's make it happen. I, I just I'm just loving it. I'm sitting here just thinking, I mean, <laughs> I mean, the kind of uh, the kind of sleazy guy in me he says Talia or Selena. Well, one's murderous. They're both right? wrong for you, but right. which one yeah. is the least amount it's, wrong? It's so right. It's, one's such a bad girl, right? Right. And, well, and, it's not just those two. They've also kind of linked him to Wonder Woman at times in the past. And I mean, he doesn't get around seemingly as much as Nightwing does, but Wonder Woman's like the kind of girl you in the Bat family get around. Wonder Woman's the girl you bring home to mom. Catwoman is the girl you sneak in your bedroom window. 
<laughs> Talia just comes in and says, "Where's Bruce?" And say, "Talia is the girl you, you tell jump me, in her me mu- outside." Yeah, you jump in her Mustang and you guys yeah. roll off. You know, you ride on oh. her on the backseat of her motorcycle. Yeah, exactly. She sets your house on fire, and then when you come out, she's like, "I was waiting for you." <laughs> mom, this is Talia. Talia, this is mom. And so then what, my last the second, book. Also, I was gonna say, what's DC the second part of that? Uh, the Batman. What's the second part of the storyline? Because it. It's crossing over with Deathstroke and Robin too, isn't it? Leading yes, into it is. Death of and Justice this, League. Well, this part two really focused on uh, the interaction between Bruce and uh, Talia as uh, as Deathstroke's assassins come for them, right? Uh, Deathstroke, and you you kind of see what's happening on the Deathstroke side of things. That uh, you get some of that, and just for those who haven't read it out there, I'm trying not to give too heavy spoilers here. Um, that you, you see kind of what's happening on the Deathstroke side of things and his perception on the events that have led to this conflict. Mm-hmm. Like uh, Deathstroke is nothing. He's, he's uh, nothing if not reactive and, and, and many times proactive, like liking to get ahead of problems. That means violence. So be it. And Tone, so, uh, Tone, yeah. do you think they're leading up to a justification of what Deathstroke is eventually going to do after the Justice League is gone? Is that what they're trying to build there, you think? hard to say right now um it, it's really hard to say uh they they made a big change uh in 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 issue one part one of this from mm-hmm. from Raz al Ghul and Raz al Ghul now I, I'm gonna I'm gonna go a little bit further into a spoiler here for for viewers and watchers just because this book is a month old now so you've had time to pick it up I um, will I take the headset off <laughs> <laughs> I, think. Well, I know what you're going to say, and they, <laughs> it's what I think it is. They already said what it was when they announced the storyline. No, got it. So, so basically, with Raz Al Ghul deciding to take a different approach and say he's going to be open and transparent with the world, and mm-hmm. he's going to give the world an opportunity to do better, he's realizing his way is wrong, and um, and to me that should have major second and third order repercussions, right? Absolutely. Um, and so um, now I don't know if that's going to, I haven't read the spin into the just the death of the Justice League. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's going to cascade into it. Um, the way DC has been handling continuity lately, I would not be surprised if it does. Um, but uh, but yeah, that's that's what that currently is. Dan, does that fit where, um, what you were about, what you read? Yeah, I read the I read the one shot. Um, was it uh, the Shadow War Alpha or whatever they called it, and then the Batman one? But I know it's it also goes. It's going to cross over with the Deathstroke Ink book. I think Robin. What it uh, sounds it, like it, to it me. crosses over with a few of them, and I can't remember. I can't remember which like which part is next. Well, we're we're going to get into this a little more later tonight, so okay. keep that thought of stewing. Yeah. <laughs> and then my last poll for this week was uh the flashpoint beyond comic uh, is that yeah, good? I yes i was i actually was not going to touch this at all and i'm glad i picked it up mm. uh, this is actually if it wasn't for the sandman book this would be my book of the week um, really okay yes. yeah, uh, yeah it was good and, and I, I i really two for two it's i'm gonna pick it up next week guys yeah i really thought um uh 
as much as I enjoyed Flashpoint, I think Flashpoint for me it was a bit overcooked. Like mm-hmm. they told this amazing story and then they never really let it go, and then they just kept tying everything back into it. And I see. And you know, after a while, I'm like, okay, I'm over Flashpoint. It happened. It's done. You told a good story. Stop milking it for every dime you 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 can get out of it. And uh, mm-hmm. and um, and so when they announced this, I thought I'm going to pass. And then at the last second, I'm about to go to the cash register in my LCS. I said, okay, Impulse just grab guy. it. And um, <laughs> I, I'm glad I did. Um, right on. There's an, there's an event that happens in there that I think every comic, every fan of the Flash. Uh, in comics must read something happens in this book and i just i i, I hollered out loud like oh oh crap right <laughs> yeah yeah when you get to it you're like oh <laughs> okay i'm reading this now this is happening so I'm I, 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 pick it up. This week. I don't i don't think it's really a spoiler but one thing that i thought was really cool on it was in the one scene where there's like the chalkboard that's got all the clues written on it that really mm-hmm. took me back to when jeff johns who wrote this was doing the stuff for um, not New 52, but when they did like the 52 series and all that oh, stuff. Oh, and Countdown? Yeah, well, yeah, with Countdown, like where, remember Booster Gold would ha- and the Time Keepers would have that board with like all the kind of clues written on it. And yep. you're reading it like, oh, what does that mean? What does that mean? One of the, uh, one of the, I'm not going to say what was on it, but there's a board like that that's in this that's got that same kind of thing where you're reading it. And you're like, oh, okay, what's this mean? What's that mean? What's, you know, what's this going to lead to? That is amazing. Right on. Okay. So Flashpoint Beyond number zero, uh, that will be in my polls. We'll talk about that next week. Uh, Dan, what do you got for polls today? Well, I, I got the Flashpoint one, so I won't put that up. I got uh, this one from my AWA Upshot hit me. Uh, all right. Is, uh, um, I like that all the stuff they do, it's all pretty much like five-issue miniseries that they put mm-hmm. out so far, and it's like a wide gamut of stuff. It's superhero stuff. It's sci-fi. Like this, I, I really... I. It's nothing I normally would have picked up, but they had a like a five or six page preview in the back of um, another one of their books I was reading, and it just seemed like this this crazy premise of it's basically about this. She's not really a dominatrix. She's not really like a prostitute. Uh, <laughs> she she uh, is a woman that like that goes and guys pay basically to like slap her around. You oh know, wow! Okay. Slap or whatever, and the more they pay, the more they can do. There's a name for that, but I don't know what it is. Yeah, I, 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 I don't remember. But consensual uh, she goes abuse. To her one I don't time, know. She go in the first issue. She goes to her, this is the second issue. In her first issue, she goes to her, this one regular client she has. The guy gets killed, and he's she's got this like bag of diamonds, and she grabs it and flees. And now there's these mobsters after her. And wow! It's just, it's just such a crazy premise, and. After reading the first issue, I was like, wow, the artwork's good. The story's actually pretty okay. good. So, uh, I find myself reading a lot more independent stuff the past couple years than I ever did before. Do you feel that you're getting better stories uh, for your money out of independent books versus the big two or even the big three? I feel like there's a lot more um, freedom they have with telling the story because as much as I love Captain America and Batman and, you know, and, and all that stuff, 
you know, it is what it is. Like the independent stuff, a lot of it is mini series. So they'll just come out mm-hmm. and be like, all right, here's our five issues or our 10 issues or whatever. Here's the story. It's done. You know, we're going on. I mean, there's, on the there's next ongoing one. ones, you know, like Stillwater and something's killing the children, all that. That's great. Mm-hmm. But um, I like but that they have though even stories. Even those bigger ones, like something is killing the children in House of Slaughter, they have a a definite ending in mind, though. So those yeah. aren't going to run for yeah. three hundred issues. Yeah, but it seems you know they you know you you know you can't read it like if you're reading Batman and go like oh mm. okay, well he's going to survive whatever because he's Batman. Right. Like, yeah, you know what they might kill this person off. You know, in the okay. next issue, you know, who knows? But you know, there's a wider variety of stuff too. You like it's even with AWA, there's you know, um, Fight Girls that Frank Cho did, which was kind of a Hunger Games type of thing. There's Knighted, which they're doing, which is kind of this like Batman kind of riff where it's like if some normal average schmo had to become Batman, and <laughs> you know, and there's like horror books and all kinds of different stuff. So I just, I you know, I find a lot, you know, that there's a lot more well-known creators okay. doing more stuff with it now than there have been, which also is another one I got, which is the new issue of Noctera. Noctera. Yeah. Jamie would love to talk to you about that. Which is a, yeah, this is a really cool book. Um, and, and really quick, Dan, before you move on, I'd just like to take a moment to kind of piggyback on something you said, which is simply one of the things I'm loving right now is not just the independent scene, but the fact that the marquee artists at the big uh, writers at the big companies are actually working in the independent scene also. Oh, yeah. So they're not just yeah. tied into whatever they're doing under their contract with a Marvel or a DC. Though mm-hmm. suddenly you'll see them break and do X over here with Uphold or with Boom or with Image. And they tell their story and they then they go back. And I, I love it because you get yeah. to see that talent dispersed across the industry now. Tone, you're even seeing them like I count images part of the big three Marvel, DC, and then image images tops for independent. But like you said, you even see those big writers and artists move into some of the lower tier comic book companies and putting out quality work. Yeah. Plus, you know, a lot of them, a lot of them are doing kickstarter stuff now too like mm-hmm. someone like carl kessel i mean that guy's worked in the industry for decades on major stuff and he's doing you know impossible jones on kickstarter i've been you know dude I was, impossible jones is amazing out. i, oh, I yeah, love that so title that, yeah. that that was something that my comic uh shop tossed at me as an impulse because i always go in there and tell them if you have anything you think that i might enjoy reading put it in my polls i'll look at it and if i like it i'll take it and impossible jones was in there i said what's this he said dude read it you'll love it okay i fell in love with that book that book's absolutely amazing well it's funny because the the miniseries that's out now was a kickstarter for a um for a graphic novel that they did and then was it scout comics i think is doing it and scout comics said okay we'll publish it as individual issues you know after the kickstarter already done and then they're doing kickstarters for individual issues (laughs) so they did one that i actually have the poster that came with it which was impossible jones with holly days that character they just um are getting ready to ship the second one which is impossible jones and uh, I think uh, Captain Lightning. I, I can't remember the characters. I name. can't remember the ready, characters either. And they're getting ready to start. They're getting ready to launch. I think at the end of this month or next month, 
the third one, which is going to be Impossible Jones teaming up with Polecat. Wow. And uh, yeah, plus there's um, um, Jim Califore did this, uh, did um, something on Kickstarter where he, the first, he did two graphic novels. The first one already was finished, shipped out. And then the second one, he's, the campaign's ended, but he's still working on finishing it up about this guy who, um, who's turns out when his brother dies, he finds out his father was this, or is this demon Lord in hell. And the, and his older brother was supposed to succeed him, but since he's dead now, he's going to be the successor. And it's like horror, but it's really funny too, when he's walking down the street and these demons that he can see now are just coming up to him and be like, Oh, hello master. And what can I do for you? And he's like, what the hell is going on? Wasn't it, wasn't it you and Jamie that were talking about We Are Demons by Snyder and Capullo? Oh, yeah, yeah. The first issue of that was good. Dude, I, th- that was the last issue they had on the rack at my LCS. And I took that right off there. I was like, I will take this today. That was but, absolutely wonderful. But see, that's another example, too. It's only, I believe it's only three issues. So and it was done on Comixology before it ever it, saw print. So you're not you know because sometimes with a series you're like ah do i want to get this because you know and feel like you're going to be obligated to get a bunch Mm -hmm. of issues like you know what if if it turns out i don't like it it's not that many no like like here one of the things i pulled is the issue 11 of the new one for batman catwoman nice next month's issue is the last one i'll be honest i'm not really yeah yeah it's a cool cover but i'm not i mean i'm not a huge tom king fan um it seems a lot of people are it seems like he's got a lot of cool ideas and his batman run i thought was great up until he had catwoman not marry bruce and leave him on the rooftop oh wow i thought it just went downhill after that spoilers for anybody that hasn't read that (laughs) well i mean that was like three years i know I can see that guy. I'm just getting into comics, guys. Wait, wait what's he saying? Okay, I'm done. I'm out. Bye. Well, Sal, like, what like, about you? How did you, uh, Sal? How did you feel about the King Run? Uh, the, the King Run, I kind of, I thought it was okay. I didn't hate it, but it didn't really come out and grab me too much. I just okay. feel like his stuff drags on too long. Like the 12 issue Rorschach series, yeah. uh, um, Strange Adventures, what was that, 10 or, or 10 or 12 issues? It's like, yeah. all right, you're going to do 12 issues of this series that you could really do in eight, eight? but you just kind of drag it out. And you're, yeah. and you're reading the individual issues and you're like, my God, this is so long. But then you look at it and go, well, I'm eight issues in and there's only four more left, so I might as well finish it out. And that's kind of what I'm on with batman catwoman now is is he putting in a lot of fluff in there you think to to just do filler to get as much out of it as he can or is it like what stephen king does where way too much exposition on the way tree leaves float and flutter and it all leads into something important at the end yeah i think it's just i think he just kind of drags out some of the stuff and it's you know, something, you know, something you can tell in a page or two, he's going to take half an issue to do. And, you know, it's like it, it's a pacing issue for me. Gotcha. Yeah, that's um, it. That's what I was thinking. It was a pacing yeah. issue. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I bought two issues of Batman and Catwoman and I realized I just didn't care and I stopped. <laughs> um, yeah, I just honestly, I, I was, so I was like out. <laughs> 
Uh, honestly, um, I was just getting it because I, it, it was decent to start. And it, um, but yeah, it just got to the point where I was like, all right, well, you know, I'm halfway through. I might as well finish it out. And, you know, after Rorschach and Heroes in Crisis and really after Strange Adventures, I'm like, all right, I'm not going to get burned by Tom King again. Like, I'm done. I'm not picking up Human Target. I'm just. Uh, yeah, I wanted to read Strange Adventures. I wanted to read Strange Adventures. I never got too. into it, though. What kind of got me with King and, and uh, as far as when I finally bailed. Now, I enjoy I enjoy King as a writer overall. And, uh, you know, I, I love his contributions to the franchises, to the communities, to the characters, to the totems. Um, that particular book, we had gone through his Batman run and it, they're in the um, uh, Selena Lee's Bruce at, uh, at the rooftop, which I did not like for the buildup. Yeah, I didn't like that at all. And um, the whole bat and cat thing, bat, cat, they, the way they address each other, bat, cat, mm. it started wearing on me, right? Yeah, and, I feel um, the same way. Like, okay, we get it. Like, eh, you know, yeah. It's like he beat it, it to death. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so when I picked up issue one or two, uh, one and two of Batman and Catwoman, I really was, is this going to be just more of the same thing of them walking us deeper into this? why they are bat and cat now bat and cat yeah but they are but not really and this is after city of bane and uh and i just said you know what i'm done uh and i that under underpinning that which you've all already heard me say numerous times is i'm very frustrated with dc's heavy-handed approach to batman period yeah in the past yeah. three years if the it's yeah. not 50 titles know. that are out and then one superman and Exactly. Well, they yeah. came, DC came out of the pandemic. Remember when everything shut down and they came out of it and, you know, Marvel, I think was, okay, we're going to have a whole lot of different stuff, but we're really going to push X-Men to, to get our company through. And DC was, we're not going to have a lot of stuff. We're going to give you five different Batman books every week. And you go and look at the, at the shelf and you'll see Detective it's all I or see Batman, is or Nightwing, or Robin, or a miniseries, or Cat. Well, like it literally every week, you'll see three, four, five different Batman series. And like, yeah. man's my favorite character next to Captain America, but it's too much. It's too mm-hmm. much stuff. oversaturation. Yeah, it's like the '90s with Punisher and Wolverine, and you know, Ghost Rider. Yeah, the Punisher, yeah. Wolverine, and Cable were in every book. Or yeah, Spider Man. Spider Man had like three monthly books or four monthly yeah. books. Plus yeah, one each week quarterly, plus yeah. miniseries, plus like anytime they needed a sales boost on book, it's like, oh, nobody's buying Darkhawk. Oh, drop Spider-Man in there. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and one panel. People don't care about New Warriors anymore. Drop Scarlet Spider in there. Yeah. 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 That's Marvel's approach. Drop a drop a big name into anything to make it a, give it a sales boost. Well, uh, before, one thing that annoys me. Oh, I was go gonna ahead. say one I was gonna say one thing that that I do get annoyed with on this Batman Catwoman thing is the, you know, each issue flashes back and forth between not re- between like present day and the future with Catwoman and, and Batman's like, you know, it's not really spoiling because it's like right in there, the mm-hmm. first issue after Batman has died, they're older and they've gotten married and they had this girl that takes over for him. And, you know, after Batman dies and then it's, you know, all of them when they're older and she's doing it now and it jumps back and forth. But there's not really any clear way to to um, no segue which, between the yeah, two. Yeah, to segue right. between it. Like it's not like okay, the present stuff is 
this color palette and the future stuff is this color palette or like you know two different art styles or 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 page to page like really even in this issue it's the first panel on the page is present day and then the next two panels are the future and but there's nothing but you're reading it and you're halfway through and you're like oh okay this is the future one now not the present and it just jumps back and forth like that and it's like you know this is just this is just annoying that's bananas guys we could talk about batman all night but i really want to get into dan once you finish with your polls oh yeah i just I, got one more okay go ahead and do that and then i really want to get into the topic of cardboard versus plastic yeah so my last one is issue one and ah, two okay. of captain carter which i know issue one came out last month my buddy had texted me he's like oh did you get this and i said no and he was saying, oh, you should get it. It's pretty cool. So when the second issue came out this week, they had one copy of issue one left on the shelf. So I picked up both. And, you know, so far it's interesting. I don't know if it's a mini series or probably or, I would assume. or ongoing, which is something that kind of annoys me with some of the companies now is they don't really let you know what it's going to be. But so far it's been interesting. It's follows kind of what not exactly how she was in What If, but basically she got the serum instead of Rogers. She gets frozen, so she goes through all the stuff. She gets frozen in ice. They find her in the present day, Unthar, and then, you know, it's her, you know, kind of figuring out the modern day, and uh, she's not working with S.H.I.E.L.D. She's in the U.K., so she's working with this organization, Strike, which was part of S.H.I.E.L.D., and now they're not, and, you know, it's her and Betsy Braddock, uh, who yeah at least Psylocke. so far in the first two issues is not Psylocke she's just Betsy Braddock if um, there's one thing I've noticed about Marvel though is they give characters big pushes before we see them on the silver screen yeah she's supposed to be in the new Doctor Strange so oh yeah yeah but um and then the the tease for the third issue is that um because she mentions a lot in the book in the first two issues, she mentions the the Howling Commandos. She mentions mm-hmm. Howard Stark, and the tease for the third issue is that Tony Stark's going to show up. Uh, they tease something in it when they're trying to get her to to basically become a superhero again. She's hasn't. Yeah. Um, they're like, oh, the Americans have all these superheroes. They got this Fantastic Five, and then Hydra shows up, and it kind of makes her go, okay, well, I got to jump back in. So I'm anxious to see really um how it goes with how they with this alternate reality like what Mm. other characters they have her interact with and how they differ from the main interesting but yeah so far the first two issues have been pretty fun you know the artwork is you know it's decent the story's decent um so i'm interested to see where it goes and you know captain america is my favorite character and i really like um i really like uh her in the movies you know, the way Haley mm-hmm. portrayed her. I'm, I'm still disappointed there was no season three of Cat of um of her TV show because yeah. you know it leaves it on a cliffhanger and then it's just nope, all gone. Well, okay, gentlemen, let's go ahead and move along to our first major topic of the day. And Jamie, if you're watching, which I know you are because you've been hitting in the chat, this birthday present right here is for you, buddy. I just want you to want you to see it right there. 
That's going to get Jamie right. <laughs> so, okay, Sal, Dan, Tone, let's go ahead and talk about something that we were talking about <laughs> a little earlier this week. And that is cardboard Tim's fired. There it is, right in the chat. <laughs> <laughs> let's, <laughs> let's talk about cardboard storage boxes versus plastic storage boxes. Now, uh, Sal, you had come up with a real good argument for the plastic totes that you were showing off, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. Okay, so why don't you go ahead and start us off with that? Okay, so in my collection, I've got probably about 70-ish boxes, short boxes in my collection. And, you know, due to sports storage space, it has to be in a, in a, um, uh, a storage facility, right? Mm -hmm. And, you know, which is underground, sealed in a bunker, got two guards outside, two guards inside. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, so, but what I've noticed is like, you know, I've got these suckers stacked about seven high. On okay. top of each other, and I'm, you know, I'm looking at these bottom boxes, and I could just, I could feel their pain right now. <laughs> yeah, you know. <laughs> so yeah. when I first saw these, um, uh, these suckers, uh, mm -hmm. yep, there we go. These guys, I just took a chance and I bought like five of them, and you know they build together pretty well and they're pretty damn sturdy. The thing I really like about them is that they're notched on the top. And you can actually stack another one into it, so it kind of locks okay. in place. So now I can stack six of these, six high, and not have a fear of of these collapsing. Now, you know, granted they're not completely sealed, you know, because you know it just depends on how well you can clip them right. together, you know. Uh, but they are pretty sturdy. The only thing I really don't like about them is their handles are kind of small. With the, with the cardboard boxes, you can actually get your hands into the box yep. if you don't yeah. have a jam full, and you can actually pick it up. But it's enough to get from, you know, here to a cart to, to somewhere else. But so those plastic I... totes are about uh, short box size, right? Correct. So yeah. actually slightly bigger, I want to say. Oh, okay. Um, so what I've been doing is as I get these boxes in, I buy them off of Amazon or, or BCW in a, in a quantity of five because it gives you the free shot shipping and it turns out to be pretty cheap per box. Mm -hmm. And um, what I do is I bring like two or three boxes home from the storage unit put together these guys and I start transferring them in. And then of course I'm double checking my, um, my CLZ app and making sure I got them in there mm -hmm. because I'm anal. You know? <laughs> and what I've noticed is one short box of the plastic bin is definitely one short box plus maybe about an eighth of another short box. That's not bad. Okay? That's actually pretty cool. So it's not bad. And that's not even jammed. I could jam more into it if I could. But I don't do like they only make one much. size of those, or do they make like a long box for the plastic ones too? That's a good question. I know they make a uh, slab version box. I don't think they make a I've long box version of it. I would have to look that up. I'll take a look at that. I've never seen guys... one, but you know, I you know, a I long one. No, I've, I've never seen a long box version of it. So, so um, what, what would be the difference in cost between the two boxes? Between a, between <laughs> a standard uh, for between a standard. Uh, short box and a okay. plastic short box like so bucks, get, isn't it yeah so it's going to be a lot it's going to be a lot because you get the small boxes i'm sorry the short boxes cardboard for maybe about six to seven dollars maybe roughly a little bit cheaper if you buy them in a more of a bulk situation mm -hmm. um these were these five of these boxes off of amazon was 132 so it's a little bit more a little bit more pricey 
I'm going to send um, you a screenshot in the chat, fellas, so that way oh, you can okay. see. Dan, the answer to your question is yes, they do. Mm, there you go. But I, I, I'm a, I'm advocate against long boxes. I will not ever do a long box. I had one, and that was it. And as soon as I tried to move that sucker one time, I'm like, nope, it's we're we're going right to short boxes. I don't care if it's like 50 more short boxes. I don't care. You know? Oh so, wow, the the plastic long boxes, 50 bucks for one. Those are BCW too, just the same as them shorts. Wow. <laughs> so I got one. I don't know if it, if it makes a difference. If I can show you one that's together right now, but I, I don't know if you'll really see the effect on it or see the get any uh, value added to seeing it built. I don't know. Um, if you guys want to see it, I can show it to you if you wanted to. Yeah, please. Right. Yeah, absolutely. So, so Dan, and and oh, while ahead, Sal Tom. is showing that to us, Dan, uh, while uh, while Sal is showing that to us, Dan, uh, I'm assuming you're on the other side of this equation on the cardboard side right now. Well, see, I, I can see you've got the ones where it's the cardboard box that kind of slides in the box. Like you're, I can tell yours look, your labeling looks a lot nicer than mine. On mine, I just put post-it notes on the end of each box and write <laughs> on there what's in it. Because, you know, frequently as, you know, as I'm, you know, as I'm buying, you know, like say like working on filling out my run of Avengers, mm -hmm. you know, and you, you go to the comic show or whatever and you get a stack of like 20 issues and you're bagging and boarding and putting in there like all right i gotta move some stuff out of this box to another so i can just easily just write on another post-it note but yeah i've got the cardboard boxes it's you know the plastic boxes when i was a kid starting out collecting comics um you yeah, know, i just write on the side of my boxes there was see my buddy does that but i was like you know what happens when you want to put something different in the box or cross it out that's why i said like i can just pull a post note off and it looks like your five-year-old was drawn on your box why's your box like that tim don't worry about that guys just look at inside but uh, it looks like you're ready you got that box ready to oh, yeah. yep. so here's the box fully built repack up a little bit maybe this is better nice. um nice here's the top it's kind of like a folder hard drive what's that yeah, I said it looks like a computer hard drive. It's Look at how that's, deep that box goes, though. Yeah. So it actually like flips open. Okay. Uh -huh. Okay. It and reminds got, me if any of you guys have worked in retail. It reminds yeah, me totes. of one of those totes yeah. you would so get off exactly of the truck. Yep. And if you can see that, it's, it's like a little locking, a slide lock mechanism that yeah. locks the nice. lid down. Okay. And then, so sorry, if you don't mind me asking what was the cost for one of those uh so these are the ones i bought off of amazon it was five boxes for 132 you want to do the math uh, uh i'll do it real quick it, it seems like it would be worth it for for that it just depends on what you uh what you want to uh, really want to spend i mean it's 26 some people don't want to do it. per box so yeah. you're kind of you're paying more but you're kind of buying longevity right yeah yeah right. stability structure and longevity is what what you're buying with that then mm -hmm. uh dan on the other side uh yeah the labeling of these boxes back here i went from the standard short box cardboard to the drawer boxes because they were a bit more sturdy but if you notice, they're on actual racks back there. The boxes aren't stacked on top of each yeah. other. And, and if you can uh, see on mine, I have the same thing. I have shelves that I have the boxes on. Because I, I know exactly what he was talking about, where you have the boxes yeah. up on top of each other. And 
not even the weight of the ones on the bottom, just like, oh, if I want to get to the one on the bottom of this, I got to move all of these to get to that. And that's mm-hmm. one thing I like better about the shelves is even if it's something on the bottom, like, oh, you know, like on the one of the things on the bottom of my shelf here is I got a box of, you know, Spider-Man stuff. I got a box of Fantastic Four, New, New Warriors and stuff in it. If I get something for that, it's like I can just slide it off the shelf. Most of the ones I have are long boxes and really it's just because of a space issue because you know i the the big shelves i have i got from um you know i got these uh metal and wood ones um from home depot so that they can really hold a lot of weight so, yeah those are good shelvings yeah mm-hmm. and they're and they're deep so um uh, it fits a long box on there. Big so enough for the depth of a long. Yeah, I was just gonna say that. Big enough yeah. for the depth of a long box on the yeah. shelves. Yeah. So, about to show so, us something else, Sal. Yeah, I was gonna say this is the handle right here. Okay. okay. And you only get a little bit of your fingers into it. That's the only thing I really don't like about you gotta, it. If you have yeah, arthritis, it really it's not very good. Correct. Yeah. And then here are the the notches I was telling you about where it fits into the box. Okay. Up, you know, above it. To give you that, okay. that's thirty. Yeah. Well, tone hey, with on that. Yeah, like, absolutely. Like but for me, I just like oh. I said, they didn't have those when I was a kid. I had cardboard boxes, and you know, and I've just kept up with it. And yeah. like you know, said for anything with me, it's you know, it just comes down to a price issue, and you know, mm-hmm. it's just it's just so much cheaper for the cardboard boxes. It you know, it goes with everything else i have so it would it would cost me a lot of money to switch over mm-hmm. from cardboard to plastic and then it's also you know a storage thing too because you know i've got you know i got the shelves here with everything um like i don't fault anyone you know if they if they want to keep them their stuff in the plastic totes i definitely see the value in them you know it's it's kind of one of those things if i had extra the space for it and I had the extra money where I could switch it over. It might be something that I would do um, or maybe go with a combination of them. And the, well, the, the cardboard boxes are, are still pretty sturdy on their own. They're very sturdy. It's mm-hmm. just when yeah. you get, when you're stacking them on top of each other is the, where the problem lies. And you guys, and that's why I got the shelves, shelves. So I didn't yeah, have yeah, to yeah. worry about that. Yeah. Right. You don't you have to worry see, about that. You can see this. There's a stack here yep. to my left and it's stacked two three stacked five high and this is even with the drawer boxes which is which are a bit more sturdy for cardboard Hmm. but that those bottom two boxes on the on the right side they're screaming for help right um (laughs) they don't have i I think mine they start doing that lean this yeah yeah Yeah, i've got them propped up against just like kind of going like that yeah, especially when you have a when you have like a row of say five boxes long, and then they get to be five boxes high, and you're like, yeah. oh, I need that bottom box uh, in the middle, that, and you start moving stuff. And they have just over go here. like that. Yep, yep. The 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 corners bow. Uh, and you know, it's for me, it's not just the cost of the box mm-hmm. themselves, right? There's also the cost of the box of the the cost of bagging and boarding that I've got to factor into that also, and. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I saw some of the discussion we were having back and forth on that because I'm a single, when I was younger and I had less money, I was a two in a bag guy, two bags, two comics to one bag and board. And I believe, yeah. Dan, that's the way you do it currently, right? No, I, yeah, yeah, I do. Yeah, I do it two like, to and one. That's again, because when I was a kid, I didn't know anything about 
acid-free bags or oh they only put this coating on one side of it i was just like like the captain carter one oh i can fit two in this and i i understand the thing about one one comic per bag and board and i would actually that's something that i would like to have because you know i get it's nice to be able to flip through you know to flip through your your box and you just see the first issue there and you're not having to flip it over and see what's on the back of it but I did the math. Uh, I have about 13,600, 700 or so comics in my collection. And I was like, all right, if I were to get enough bags and boards to make everything sync, you know, one book per one bag and board, it would cost me about a little over $1,600 to get that. Plus, you also factor in you know, I would have to buy more boxes because you just see a stack of, if you just take a stack of bags and, you know, of a hundred bags and a hundred boards, it's, you know, it's like this thick. So you have to figure it's going to be that much more space that's in each box. So Mm -hmm. you're going to have to have more boxes. So then, you know, I don't have a lot of room left on my shelf. I got enough room on a shelf for one more box and I could switch a couple of the short boxes over to long ones. But it's just one of those, and I don't even mind taking the time of, oh, I got to open up all these and switch them out. Because for me, it's like, oh, cool. I, I get to spend a whole lot of time going through my collection issue by issue again and nerd now be like, oh, I remember that. Oh, that was such a great storyline. For me, it's just, it's just a price thing of, you know, I'd like to be able to do this, but, you know, $1,600 Plus, there's a lot of money to it is. drop just to get some bags and boards. Plus, the amount of time it would take to put to all of those boards in bags and tape them shut. Well, gentlemen, we got about a half hour left, and I want to get into the other topic that we have. But before we do, Tone, go ahead and finish your thought that that we kind of cut you off in the middle of, and oh, then we'll get no. a fi- no, but and then no. we'll get a final decision on how everybody feels about it before we move on to Moon Knight. Okay, you guys um, were basically making all the thoughts for me. I'm in a bit of a transition, kind of like where the traditional classic boxes just weren't enough for me, and um, mm. and I'm I would love the stability of plastic. There's a cost that comes to that, right? And uh, and that's not a cost I'm willing to absorb just yet. <laughs> and these drawer boxes are kind of right in the middle. I get a bit more stability. Right. Uh, but it's also clear that in the long term, I'm going to have to come up with another solution. Eventually. Um, and the long term might be 10 years, might be 15 years. But um, for right now, it's made it more manageable. The bags um, saw they were a problem. All, you know, I think uh, to Dan's point, I didn't know anything about acid free boards and, 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 and bags back then and me moving around the world with my collection. Um, a piece here, a piece there. When I got them all back together in about 2012 or 2020, whenever, whichever year it was, when I got my entire collection. And once when the five, boxes started showing up yeah, section it, by section. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, when my, my, my wife finally got to see my full collection, right? And all of its glory and grandeur. Three boxes. Like, oh That's my God, enough. what am I getting into? <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Uh, my wife. And um, and so, but the the books were in such bad shape because even though they were in bags, 
right? Even though they had some, most of them had boards in them, uh, it was just poor quality. And it made me really start focusing on rebagging. So systematically going through my collection and absorbing that mm -hmm. cost across years for every time I bought uh, bags and boards for what my current collection, my current uh, purchases, every few months I would buy an extra pack of bags and boards and go through an old box. And I'm gonna get this one box um, and so I'm still not through with that and it's been years, but I'm still working that. So the points I've that you guys same. are making. It, it, I've done the same. I had to re I had to rebag and my entire long box of Valiant comics from the original iteration of Valiant because when I moved, you know, was moving all the stuff and I looked at them, I was like, these bags are all old and yellowed and gross. And yes. I, I got to make these look better. When you go buy pulling. an older collection or something like that, and you see those bags, and it just makes you go, oh. And I'm I don't know where they are. I actually kept them. They were. It was actually, in a way, it was horrible, but simultaneously pretty cool. Um, I was pulling boards out of bags and comics where the ink from the comic had imprinted into the yep. board. Oh, yeah. Because they just sat there so yeah. long. And so... Um, I'm cringing and crying for my comic, but I'm looking at the board like, hey, some, this is cool. I might put this up on the wall. And um, But uh, that was the only point that, that I was trying to get. I know we we got to move forward for time, and that was all I was trying to say. So, Tim, well, go ahead so and move us on into the next topic here. <laughs> well, I, well, I was going to say real real quick, too, It's you could save the old you – know, I mean, the, the bags, when they get yellowed and gross, you kind of got to throw them out, but the old boards – you might not want to use them for books anymore, but you can still save them to use for other stuff. Like if you're artistic in any way, sometimes I'll take the boards and I'll draw on them. Um, write stuff yeah. on them. And yeah, yeah actually I, I use the old boards as dividers in my, in my collections for oh, like, wow. you know, That's for awesome. when, the, cause I, I organized my collection in the, in the past. It's really bad now, but I organize them like the title and then the annuals after. So I have a, a divide between like the section to, to mm. you know for the annuals and those series type of series situation yeah see when when i did that with uh magic cards i would take the lands and fold them in half and use those to divide mm. by colors in my different boxes and stuff but as, as far as this conversation goes i think we could do this all night literally <laughs> yeah. and i think it's safe to say that sal you're pretty pretty heavy on them plastic totes i, uh, I am I yeah. am. I, I understand where everybody's coming from on this, but for me, this is my best situation to just change yeah. them out slowly. Yeah. Tone, I think it's safe to say that the, the pullout boxes, uh, the, the cabinet boxes that you have are, are the way to go for you. And Dan, you and I are long box heavy at the moment. So I'm pretty impressionable. Those, those plastic boxes are sexy. <laughs> right? I may you end up having one stuff, in a couple uh, weeks. You should see some of the stuff people come up with on Etsy where they make these like beautiful wooden cabinets with pull-out drawers. Oh, no, I've, I've, seen people use, I've seen people use filing cabinets for it, and I'm like, I don't I know. Actually did, I actually did filing cabinets when I was uh, younger. I did the, the, the two-drawer filing cabinets, and I had the uh, divider or the um, the backbone or the back, I would say, metal bar uh, at the size of a short box. So when as mm. soon as it got to that full point, I just take them out, boom, short box, gone. And then it goes to the storage unit. Well, all right, gentlemen, let's go ahead and move on to the topic at hand. I've been waiting an hour to talk about this. <laughs> let's talk Moon Knight 
first off, and let's the, and the show's over. <laughs> uh, thank you very much for having uh, for being here tonight, ladies and gentlemen. Jamie, have a good night. We'll see you later. No. <laughs> Moon night. So it's safe to say we're all caught up, right? Yeah. The episodes in. Yeah. We're all we're all square. We're good to go. Well, before we get into that, I want to ask your guys' opinion on something because Jamie thinks he's right, and I know he's wrong, and he can't. He's not here to defend himself. So <laughs> I'm right today. Uh, the first volume of Moon Knight, and and just go yes or no around the room. Sal, how did you feel about the first volume of Moon Knight? Yes, liked it. Dan? Yeah. yeah. Tone? Yep. Okay, this show is over. Thank you very much. Have a good day, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. The first volume of Moon Knight is atrocious. It is a horrible read, and my buddy Nick... So, so just, I want to be... I want to be clear. You're talking about like, me, the, but the, the, is that how you say his name? Monch, Monic, whatever it is. Monic, yeah, I believe. Yeah, Monic. Go ahead, Tom. So I, I want to be clear. You're, you're talking volume one comics, Moon Knight. Yes, volume one comics of Moon Never Knight. Never read it. Never read it. Then you're not missing anything in the world. You you can read <laughs> the amazing, wonderful Squirrel Girl and w- listen to and watch her beat up <laughs> Thanos I think 50 I times a day. Dabbled in one. I've read a or i've read a couple of moon knight comics but i didn't find my way in a make i always thought moon knight was something to me especially uh in if i go back to my teenage years in, in the 80s and moon knight and rom i will put mm-hmm. them side by side they were characters that um i really love the visual aesthetic of and i love mm-hmm. the concept of but I didn't collect enough to ever actually get into. Right? Well, um, you are you are not missing anything with volume one or two of Moon Knight. Just read Mark Spector forward, and you'll be good to go. I thought the Fair first enough. volume was had some good stuff, and I only have I got it years and years ago. I got um, the first twenty five or thirty issues of it mm-hmm. like what yeah for like forty bucks or something before yeah. comic place prices really blew up and you know I'm reading it and you you know you gotta put yourself in the in the mindset of the time that you know art and the writing that is, is very be, true is you know especially the dialogue it's not gonna be as good as what yeah. it is now but reading it and especially like when Bill Sanquin Scott and again I don't even know if I'm pronouncing his name right but we know who you're talking about though so it's okay but uh you know, like when he got on and started, you know, and I'm not a huge fan of his, but um, of his like New Mutant stuff, but his stuff mm-hmm. on Moon Knight, I thought really fit it. There was some some pretty cool stories on there. Um, now, yeah, you're in- right. It, it did get better as each, as the series progressed when it delved more into, okay, you know, Jake Lockley and Stephen Grant and Mark Spector. It's not mm-hmm. just... It's not like how Batman has matches Malone, which is just a fake identity he uses to infiltrate, right. which is what Moon yes. Knight was at first, at kind of at first as it dove, you know, made it more of, okay, this is not just different names he uses for undercover work, but he's, he's loony. We'll too. see. He's like, schizophrenic like, and has these different personalities and like, yeah, with I, the, it definitely like got with, better over time. Like with the first volume it seemed like they they had a great concept right with with the different personalities and they weren't even personalities then they were just alter egos and they they yeah. dove into each one and each issue jake lockley got time stephen grant got time specter got time and moon knight 
got time. So there were four and you had Frenchie and you were building up the relationship between him and Spectre and, uh, Crowley and yeah, yeah. And midnight man and all that stuff. But, but I think that with like the concept that they had and what they wanted to do with a really grounded Marvel character that was, I think was deeper in the ground than daredevil was you know like this was the dude that fought the switchblade drug dealers and all of that stuff while daredevil swinging beating up kingpin and electra and bullseye moon knight was below that i just think they lost track of what they were trying to do and it became a really big mess through that whole run well, remember they changed it. They changed his origin a lot when they started that series mm-hmm. from what it was when they introduced him, and he was, you know, fighting werewolf by night, and it was yeah. the, you know, and it was, um, you know, the one shadow group that like hired mm-hmm. him as a mercenary and gave him the suit yeah. and did all that, and then they changed it when they did the series, and like, oh no, he was already you know this guy but then he fooled them into thinking that this and it was kind of convoluted but you could tell they were trying to do something like all right we have a different idea for what we want to do with this it was as much a mess as his personalities yeah (laughs) okay so so all right so let's move on from there and let's get to the show right so how are you guys feeling about the show right now we're three episodes in jamie was sold on episode two i was sold on episode one what about the rest of you guys i i really like it i i know there i see people complaining about online you know there's the snarky comments or someone on a message board will go oh i'm still waiting for him to do a real moon night series or this or that but you know i I feel like it makes me roll my eyes harder than my daughter does when i tell her to quiet down I feel like people Ugh. need to realize that when you're translating something from one medium to another, you know, there's changes that have to be made. There's something right. that, that looks cool in a comic or that works in a comic that's not going to work in a movie. Same thing as a comic to a video game or a novel to a movie. Like there's just stuff yeah. that works in one medium that won't be as good in the other one. It has to be changed. I feel mm-hmm. like as long as they stay true to the core of the characters, you know it will it will work and yeah in the in the comics it's not really something where he like looks in a mirror and he talks right. to other personality it just kind of switches back and forth but staying true to the character and you know showing that in the um in the show, in the show. i feel like is really is really a cool way especially the first episode when when it's um grant and he's kind of like doesn't know what's going on and you see specter come out and you know kind of the end and then when he suits up at the very end i love the fact that we as uh collectors and readers are used to specter being the primary personality but in the show they immediately started off with grant and i thought that was really awesome uh sal how do you feel about the show uh, I, I like the show. I like how it's going. I like the pace of it. And it kind of matches the pace of all the other Disney shows, I should say, the Marvel episode, mm-hmm. you know, uh, episodes have been going on. They they start you off kind of slow. They start you off kind of confused. Like, what the hell's going on? I yeah. don't understand this guy. But all of a sudden, it starts to, it starts to gain a little bit of traction. It makes sense. Yeah, it's, it's almost like the snowball effect. So by like episode three, we're on now. I'm completely hooked in. It's Wednesday morning, I'm got you know, I get up early and I watch <laughs> the show before work. You know, it's just like yeah, me too. It's just like I gotta do it. Um, so 
let me go back to what kind of a point which you guys would make with the comics. I, I understand where you're coming from with that it was atrocious or not really atrocious, but it was really for the era that was written in. Mm-hmm. I never really collected it because I was not into the supernatural stuff that much when I was collecting. I was more into the standard hero, Spider-Man, Spider-Man, yeah. Batman type of, you know, that genre. So he didn't co- portray himself as that that hero to me right. that I needed to collect. Okay? So that's that's what kind of where I came from that. But for the show, like I said, I think it's the snowball effect. I'm fully in. Okay. Tone, why don't you go ahead and uh, give us some wisdom here? How do you feel about it? Oh, I utterly love it. And um, for people who are, you know, it's always amazing to me for for what comic characters and what comic heroes represent as a community. We can be so cynical and so acidic, sometimes mm-hmm. so toxic yes. and so unaccepting of any measure of any level of change. Um, and uh, to, to, to kind of draw a line through popularity, um, Adam Levine was lead singer from Maroon 5, right? And he, mm-hmm. they've sold, they sell millions of records. He tours around the world. But he talks about the transition to being on The Voice. There's a difference between radio famous and television famous. And he wasn't prepared for television famous, right? As it, so many more millions of people access yeah. him, right? Seeing him on television and now his face and his name is known in average households. And suddenly he went from not being able to go certain places, but being able to go certain places and lead a normal life to wherever he goes in public, right? People know him. And I, mm-hmm. I, I draw that line because of a comic book character and their popularity. So if I'm sitting and I'm writing the MCU and I'm bringing in characters, I know that this character may or may not be popular within the comic world, but I'm about to expose them to the millions, uh, if not tens of millions or hundreds of millions of fans of, in the world that are watching these props, that are mm-hmm. watching this cinematic effort we're building. And so I may tweak things or change things to make it more accessible to them, right? Versus the, uh, versus the, uh, the, the legacy fans that were with me in the right. comic forum, which is the much smaller, tighter forum, right? And in me, as long as you're keeping the spirit of the character in place, I'm okay with those those changes. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. Stephen Grant here in uh, in Moon Knight is not in in the in the Disney show is not the same Stephen Grant that's in the series. He's different. Oh no! Right? Oh yeah, he's um, a lot different. And and so uh, and but I'm okay with that. Like if what we saw, if what we saw when they're like, who did that? Right? Uh, yeah. Hey, right. Oh, in the third episode. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Yes. If it, then well, that if it wasn't means, you, and it wasn't you, then who was? Yeah. It? You're and like, I, oh, I was like, oh, it's, I was like, oh, it's Jake. And I'm yeah. like, what if they're positioning Jake to be the most violent of the three? That also wouldn't be the same as in the comics, He's just right? Got to wear the cabbie hat, though. Yeah. yeah. And so, um, and so I, I say that to, um, to say that the people who are complaining about it not being this or not being that, or yeah, I'm, I, I kind of roll my eyes back at them, like, come on, um, you guys will appreciate this. I grew up the electric company, Spider-Man. Nobody knows who you are. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Freaking throw a net on somebody, right? Yeah. I, I grew up live action Spider-Man crawling on the side of a building. Like, was that Todd Hammond or something? The cameras turned to the side. Yeah. Exactly. And so I grew up the original 
uh, uh, television comic event, Hulk and Thor, right? Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I love watched- that one. He kept calling Hulk a troll. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and the Nick hey. Hammond, uh, the Nick Hammond Spider Man. Nick Hammond. Yeah. I thought it was Todd Hammond. Nick Hammond. That and, was and the so, first appearance of the ninja costume for Daredevil too. The black. Yeah. sit here, yeah. and we, we are finally at a place where where the properties we love are being put on screen with diligence and and accuracy and being polished and well done, and we complain about it. I, I'm loving every aspect of Moon Knight. Um, and I really just wanted to sit back and enjoy the ride. Don't yeah. spend too much time in my analytical headspace. Don't overthink it. And um, just see what they got. See what they're going to show us yeah. and judge it as a whole instead of a piece. Yeah. I love yeah. how they do the suit in it, too. How it's not just, oh, it's a costume on under my clothes or something. All the suit. On. That it's like that it's like mummy wrappings yeah. that kind of mm-hmm. come on them and they say, oh, it's the, you know, was it like the, the tr- traditional armor Barbara. of Kanshu, which I never knew how to, I've been mispronouncing that name for 20 years. And now I'm like, <laughs> oh, Kanshu, okay. For the record, Jamie, Jamie. But uh, how like, the, like the, the suit wraps around them like that. And then, you know, and even... You know, the Mr. Knight is completely different than in the comic because when he tells Stephen, like, you put on the suit and then he just kind of imagines, like, the Mr. Knight suit, like, Mm -hmm. oh, well, you said a suit. It's like, yeah, that's way different than it is in the comic, but, you know, it's cool. And then in the third episode, when Stephen's in control, it's Mr. Knight. And then when Mark's in control, it's the the Moon Knight suit. So if they do Jake Lockley, it's like, well, is there going to be another suit? For Lockley, is it going to be like when they when they had when they had Moon Knight with like the golden um, the like bracelets? Bands? Yeah, yeah. Like the big yeah. golden here. Like, are they going to do something different with that too? Yeah. For the record, Jamie shared he does not like the suit. No, he does not it, at all. Uh, it's too close uh, to Venom, right? <laughs> uh, See, I've heard and- people say that, and you know what's <laughs> funny is, you know, Moon Knight's main, like his main adversary in the comics is um bushman mm-hmm. raul bushman but they didn't do him in the series and they said they didn't do him in the series because they felt like he was too close to um bushman uh, from uh to what's uh, name? luke cage from, from, no to um um what's his name's character from black raven uh, oh uh, Killmonger, eric um, killmonger yeah killmonger they were like it's too similar to Killmonger. So if we do that in this, for all these people that don't know about these pre-existing characters, they're just going to look at it and be like, that's oh, a, it's carbon a black copy. guy that's a mercenary yeah. that's from here. Oh, it's just a rip off of this. So, you know, I'm hoping that if they do a second season or something that they'll, they'll introduce him in the future. Okay. Yeah. And I don't no. think uh, Jamie's point about it being more venomous uh, costume is not too accurate because you could say the same thing for Iron Man's armor, the with the nanites coming around his you know, the face mask and everything yeah. like that, and how his armor rebuilt itself as he needed to, or came out with the, the sword, you know, well, Spider Man's suit. Well, mm-hmm. I think it's safe to say well. that if if we talk about the the maturation, uh, what was written in the '60s, the '70s, the '80s, and the '90s. Um, I mean, just to be real, it doesn't make practical sense now. Like Spider Man mm-hmm. running around town webbing clothes the different buildings and backpacks <laughs> right it, it was nobody steals this it, it, it's, it's great for me as a teenager 
Yeah, it's good for me as a teenager, but as an adult, I'm like, eh, yeah, yeah, that, that doesn't quite work. And so seeing Moon Knight uh, have to do the proverbial, oh, you know, let me run into the phone booth and then no more phone booths. Let me run into the phone booth and change yeah. my Moon Knight outfit. Phone booth. Right? <laughs> well, um, I mean, in, in the first Superman movie with Christopher Reeves, they even yeah. did that play on because he went. Booth. Yeah, he went to the phone booth and it yeah. was just one of them half open ones. And he's like, what? No, okay, yeah. I'll go to and the then door. Someone kind of comes to the realization, wait a minute, he's Superman. Like, why do, why do we have to show him change? Right. Like, he really has the ability to move at super speed. There's no need to go through a changing sequence with Superman. And finally, they yeah. figure that out, right? Somewhere yeah. in the 70s. And he right? just and remember how they did and... the Remember how they did the parody of that in The Tick when The Tick first started? And they had like the Superman kind of character. And every time he tried to go into action, he would try and like go into a phone booth to change and some old lady would be in there. But like, get out of here. I'm making a call. Or he'd like try to go into a closet or a bathroom stall. So I'd be like, get out of here. I'm using this. He'd be like, oh, I can't do anything. All right. Let me let me Iron Man. Go ahead, Tom. And even the Iron Man, if if we go through the entire 80s, right, the 70s and the 80s and uh, Iron Man is really Tony Stark's body bodyguard, and, and he carries it and, in a briefcase. And he's, he's carrying the armor in a briefcase, and they would occasionally show the briefcase o- open with the little gauntlets inside of a briefcase. And and I'm yeah. like, come on, man! Uh, even as a teenager, I'm like, that makes no sense, right? Yeah. Let me ask you guys this before we go ahead and wrap this up with the series that's going on so far, the Disney Plus series, uh, and what we've seen. Do you think that they are leading us into Latveria? I don't. Sal, oh, Dan, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say I've seen people. I've seen people speculate that, but me personally, I don't think so. I mean, you know, apparently there's supposed to be some big twist in episode four. I know that that Midnight Man's supposed to show up. I think mm-hmm. in episode four. Um, but I don't know, you know, also Oscar Isaac only signed on to do these this one season. I think the way no he's doing contract. it. I think the way he's doing it though is yeah, he wants to see by how it appearance. is. Before. Yeah, he's yeah, he not wants- committing to 10 years. He's like, I'll commit to this and then if it does at this point then I will commit to something else. But it's yeah, I'm only going to do this and we'll see mm-hmm. how it turns out. Yeah. But um I, I I don't know, but then again, you know, they did mention, you know, drop Madripoor in the last mm-hmm. episode. Just they like did. They did in, yep. Yeah, they mentioned that just like they did in, uh, in Falcon. Falcon and Winter Soldier. Mm-hmm. So, you know, maybe they'll drop the hint of that. Um, I don't really think so, because I find it hard to believe that Dr. Doom would let this cult leader into his... Uh, into country and just let him like oh i'm just gonna judge these people and kill off you know these ones that that don't you know that don't meet up this standard i just find that hard to believe that doom would would do that i guess unless okay. they're doing it where he hasn't taken power yet well sal what do you mm-hmm. think uh i honestly i don't see it leading into latveria with with this series maybe eventually what i actually honestly think they're doing with a disney series is they're taking a whole bunch of characters uh, some more well-known than others but they're giving them a little bit more backstory a little bit more history and a little bit more like tone said exposure Mm -hmm. so then down the road 
five, six, seven years, these characters are going to start popping up in the actual movies now. Okay. As, oh, yeah, he was uh, in a series back a couple of years ago. I liked him, that type of thing. And he's gonna okay. fit, they're going to fit that into a puzzle that's going to lead to other bigger things. So I think are the biggest, I, I'll say, dam break that we're going to see is Doctor Strange 2, the Multiverse of Madness. Mm-hmm. I think there we're going to find out oh, where yeah. they're going to go and how how these characters are going to come in. Okay. And uh, I think that, you know, something comes down the road from that. Tone, what do you think? Um, I, I think that uh, I have not seen anything that makes me think they are going to use this as a method to introduce Latveria. Okay. Um, and yeah. I think that that's the, I, I really believe that that's the, now that we know that Marvel has the rights back to the Fantastic Four, I think the uh, uh, the people's minds are spinning on ways they could get the X-Men and the Fantastic Four introduced. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't think Marvel has really begun to lay that groundwork yet in any substantive way. Okay. Um, and uh, and I think that's more apt to be laid in multiversal madness than it yeah. is to be these little tenets and the, these little uh, kind of tenant threads in uh, in this, uh, in, in the Disney series. Well, what I really love about the Disney series though, um, is quite simply, I've always tried to convey even back when I was younger through my army years, post army years, when people see your fascination and your love for comics mm-hmm. and you don't understand, it's not the superhero thing, right? It's the fact that there's a functional universe with all of its complexities and people don't realize how big and how broad it is. Um, and Marvel in particular, I think, did a better job of making their characters far more organic and relatable than DC mm-hmm. does, right? Um, but Gods um, versus gladiators. It, it, exactly. DC was yeah. more like archetypes and Marvel was more, hey, you know what? Spider-Man's a teenage kid that mm-hmm. screws up a lot in his life. He's got superpowers, but his life kind of sucks. And you know, you could sing and be like, "Yeah, you know what? I, you know, I got it, the same issues that he's dealing with." And and so what what people are starting to see now is that you strip the Avengers away. They've seen the big superheroy thing mm-hmm. now for a decade, and what we're starting to get are these real, I hope these these kind of very earth toned, right. Uh, uh, fractured characters mm-hmm. um, that are, or, or their, or their regular characters leading fractured lives, mm-hmm. and I feel like that's what Marvel. If you look at what they did in uh, with Wanda, you see a fractured character using and Wanda Vision leading a fractured life. Well, Here, I mean the same thing in Falcon and the Winter Soldier too. Exactly, and so. Uh, I love that that's the approach that they're that they're taking here. That's what I see with the Disney series. And I hope it continues so people can see these things, see this universe for more than just kind of uh, uh, heroes in tights as casual fans tend to recognize it as. Mm -hmm. Because I think it's it's the it's these earth tones and these characters that we come to love. Mm -hmm. Um, So that those are my thoughts. Right on. Well, gentlemen, I think that is a perfect place to put this to bed, to tuck it in and call it a night. Gentlemen, it has been 
absolutely amazing to just sit in the corner and listen to you three talk. And I want to do this again, but with Jamie in the middle of that next time. So I can just watch <laughs> and let all you guys go. Uh, okay. Before we get out of here, Tone, you got any last words you want to say? Oh, no last thoughts. And once again, thank you for having us here. And I hope uh, anyone watching cut takes the opportunity to drop into the, uh, our Facebook group. Uh, Dan does a great job moderating. Uh, we've got a, a light crew there that keep that. I should say light crew. We got a crew that keeps it light, yep. keeps it enjoyable, keeps it fun. It's not a hostile, antagonistic, toxic group. We Hostility all is uh, called pretty quick. Yeah. Yeah. That's something that we, you know, that when Kevin started the group and then he made me an admin fairly early, something mm -hmm. that we had talked about that one thing we liked is it doesn't have all this antagonism that's in some of the other groups. And granted, you know, this group's a few hundred people as opposed to, you know, a few thousand because it's not been around as long as some of the other groups, even though we're yeah, growing, yeah. but you don't have the people that are going on there and, and just dropping comments and insulting people because, oh, your opinion is different than mine. So I'm just going to insult you and call I you don't think that. It's just, we could have conversations and back and forth where it's, oh, I disagree with you because of this and you the next person could say okay i see i see where you come from this is what i think and have like a good actual see back and forth on there yeah, see i think that would get chopped pretty quick because of how close-knit everybody is in there even from yeah. the new people coming in to people like us that have been there for a while we're very welcoming to new people we'd love to bring them in and talk and see what they're into and Kevin putting up the pictures of the day and Dan, you doing your recommendations and, and readings and things like that. Guys, it's absolutely a fun time. If you want a good place to go and talk about the things that we love and we talk about here on a weekly basis, several times a week, Comic Character of the Day is a place to go. So before we get out of here, Dan, Sal, you got anything you want to say? Uh, just it's This was a lot of fun. I, uh, I don't really get a chance to talk comics that much um so it was a lot of fun to be able to get on here and get like really you know get, get into, into uh, it and, yeah really get into it as opposed to just you know uh, a quick comment here or there with in passing with someone so it's it's been a lot of fun yeah look forward to doing okay. it again sal anything to add uh really nothing these guys uh, i echo both of what these guys said that's a uh, you know, this is a great forum. We have some good back and forth. Um, I don't know. Be excellent to each other. Let's let's that's what, what I ended with last week. So, <laughs> in the immortal words of Bill and Ted, absolutely station. Uh, but anyways, guys, yeah, don't forget comic character of the day. It's on Facebook. If you're not a part of that, you need to be and get in there and get in on some of that conversation. But if you are not watching the Codex Station, let me tell you how to find us. That would be on all the socials, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, right here on Twitch, over on YouTube, on TikTok. And we have a shiny Discord where there's even more conversation going on for you to enjoy. Don't forget, guys, on Twitch right here, Wednesdays at 530 Central, we do the podcast every week. And every Saturday, we do this wonderful show here, Codex After Dark. You can find us here starting at 11 o'clock Eastern. Once again, guys, my name is Tim. Down below is the wonderful Tone Falcone. Over this way is Sal. And down in the corner, somewhere in this direction, is Dan. All of these guys are from Comic Character of the Day. Once again, my name is Tim. 
This is Codex After Dark. We are the Codex Station, and we will see you next time.